Well, before Kathy and Steve come up, God is moving us as a church in in so many different ways. He's doing amazing things here. And the Spirit of God has been leading us into taking a step here over this next year that's really unique in terms of churches and ministry. As leaders, leaders here at Grace are called elders. And as a pastor, I'm one of these elders. And in, in the book of Acts in the New Testament, there's this commission, there's this statement by the Apostle Paul. He says this to, to elders, pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to care for the church of God, which he has obtained by his blood. We have a responsibility to care for you. I just want you to know right now, you are loved. All right? You are so important. And we love you. We are charged to care for you and to love you dearly. And the Spirit of God is leading us to recognize, you know what? There's, there's, a, there's a sense of burden and a fatigue and a tiredness and anxiety of being stretched that is being felt all across the board. All across the board. In our communities, in our individual lives here. We just can't handle much more conflict that's going on, right? We are overwhelmed. Even in our workplaces, we're asked to do more with less. We are stressed. We are oppressed. We're oppressed. Are you feeling that? Have you been feeling that? Sometimes you just, you just, you just struggle. You don't under, like, I don't know why I don't have the energy I used to have. I don't know why I'm anxious when I didn't used to experience this. This isn't something that's unique to us here. This is happening across the board all over our nation, in fact. And we're, we're hearing this as your, as, as your leaders and saying, we need to pay attention. And the word of God speaks to us with something, with a word called Sabbath. Sabbath. Sabbath was something that God gave his people, God gave all human beings, as uh, the, the seventh day, as a day of rest. A day of rest. He rested from creating all things, and, and he created that as something to, that we all human beings should step into. It's a, it is a day in seven. Like today, Sundays. We're to rest. Now, now, many of us, we had a lot of life shut down over COVID, Right? We had a lot of things cut off or cut back. But just because we couldn't do anything didn't mean that you rested. You know what I'm saying? Some of us don't know how to rest. And we believe the Lord is leading us in this next year to to step into this place of rest. Now in the scriptures, rest, Sabbath, isn't just a day. It's a mindset. Go to the next slide here. This is from uh, uh, the book, The Rest of God. Highly recommend this. If you're struggling to understand, what does it mean to rest? What does Sabbath mean? And this book by Bark Buchanan called The Rest of God is, is powerful and it's extremely well written. And he says, Sabbath is both a day and an attitude to nurture such stillness. It is both time on a calendar and a disposition of the heart. It's a day we enter, but just as much as a way we see. Sabbath imparts the rest of God, actual physical, mental, 
spiritual rest, but it also, the rest of God, the things of God's nature and presence that we miss in our busyness. We believe there is, there is something God wants to show us about himself. That we believe that there is more God wants to do, but we have to slow down. We have to let go in order to see him and his power and his glory. And so practically, we were inviting uh, all of us together to join in this individually to begin thinking about what does that look like for me? We're going to be doing some things as a church as a whole, which I'm going to walk through briefly here. But what would God begin to do in your hearts? Go to the next slide here. Sabbath rest equals rest. Oh, go back there. Rest and refocus on what's important. Rest and refocus on what's important. As we come to today as a Sabbath day, this is a day that reorients us. What's really important? Who is really important? What is our means of rest? It's Jesus Christ. He's the pathway to rest. But in refocusing, we realize what's the most important thing? Jesus. He's also the goal of our rest. This, this, this is what happened uh, when, when Jesus encountered two ladies, Martha and Mary. Join me in, 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 in checking this out here. This is in the book of uh, Luke chapter 10. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken from her. Some of us are just so, we're just so addicted. We're just so caught up in busyness. And there's things in our lives that we think are truly important that really aren't ultimately important. And only when we see through the eyes of Jesus will we understand what, what is it we really, really need. What are the most important things? Because we got, friends, we got we to get in to let go of some stuff in our lives if we're going to rest. And that refocusing, that, that rest comes with Jesus becoming that priority. So, so I want to invite you. You're going to hear more and more throughout the months and, and over the time of this year. How can we rest? What does this begin to look like in your own life to rest and refocus? Begin chewing on that. Begin praying about that. One of the things that we're going to be changing here as a church is we're going to be pulling back on one of our, one of our big ministries called Kingdom Kids. We're going to take a rest from that on Wednesday nights here over this next year. And it's hard to do that because with Kingdom Kids, we were serving 60 to 80 kids in our community. These are kids who love Jesus. Last year, we had 20 kids come to know Jesus, 15 get baptized. God's doing awesome things there. It's hard to pull this back. But we believe this is a a, a strategic and important place for us to begin to pull back as a church and rest. And in the place of, of Kingdom Kids on Wednesday nights, we want to invite you. We're, we're going to seek the Lord. We're going to dwell. We're going to live in, in dependency and the presence and the power of God. So Wednesday night, 6 to 7.30, come show up whenever you can. Pray with us. See, let's seek God's 
face together. Come rest with us. Consider joining us in that time. But these are the things that we are going to offer in terms of discipleship. We're going to, instead of kingdom kids, we're going to put our focus here on Sunday mornings with grace kids. We want our Wednesday night kids and their families, we want them to join us. And I want you to look around this room again. 60 to 80 kids and their families. That's going to create a problem, a good problem. Okay? Things are going to get tight. Things might get a little crazy, a little chaotic. You know, maybe they don't know how to be churchy church. You know what I'm saying? And maybe it'll get a little, uh, maybe it'll get a little chaotic, but you know what? Our community needs Jesus. These kids and these families need Jesus. And we can have big hearts just like Jesus did with us. Amen? So we want to see our Wednesday night kids and their families. We want to see them coming on Sundays. Grace Kids. Uh, youth group, we are going to include 6th grade. It's normally been 7th through 12th. So it's going to include 6th grade now, which is going to make youth group even, even that much bigger. We've got some partner churches that uh, uh, um, we've communicated with, and they're, and they're welcoming our families. So if you need a, a Wednesday night kind of ministry, these are a couple options. And we've got cards here to help uh, us communicate this and get the word out to our families and, and to our kiddos in the back there. So if you, if you know any of the Wednesday night kids and families, uh, uh, help us spread the word, okay? Pick up one of these cards here. Help, help us get the word out and hand those out. How are we going to rest? What I want to encourage you to consider, join us in prayer, but also get into community. Get into a small group or a life group. You're going to hear more about these next week and the coming weeks. Get into a small group around God's word. Let's grow. Let's grow together. Let's rest and refocus together. Amen? Amen. Now, we've got a few needs here. I'm just going to quickly highlight because of the changes, because we're, we're going to increase the number of kids coming to Grace Kids, we need five volunteers to go on a rotation of every five weeks. That means you'd only serve once every five weeks. Just five new people who, who might God be putting in your heart to join in that. We might need some transportation. Need, there might be transportation needs to bring some of these kids and families to church. Calvin's Cruiser is hot and ready to go on Sunday mornings. Maybe God's moving in your heart to, to bring kids, families to church. Youth group, we have 40-plus guys coming to youth group. That's just guys. Most churches are struggling to get guys in the door. We don't have a problem with too many guys. We have, we have a need for getting men to love on these boys and to be examples. Two men, maybe God would be working in your heart to join us in that. And most importantly, pray. We can't emphasize enough prayer. We're going to have prayer cards come out here next week. And so you can, you can specifically target and, and choose a child to join and, and, and take him before the father or her. Join us in prayer. Okay? God's doing awesome things. And he has awesome things for us. And it's going to be interesting to see as we, we, we rest. When we step back. And in Psalm 4610 it says, Be still. So you can know that I am God. I will be exalted. I'm excited to see God do awesome things, guys. As we step back and we say, Jesus, take the wheel. Okay. I uh, needed to warm up for that one. Should I try again? No. Okay. All right. I'm going to invite Steve and Kathy to come on forward here.
Stephen Cathy. Steve's our mission mobilizer for uh, our, our, our denominational district here. Uh, the Evangelical Free Church is who we are part of. And so Steve, is uh, uh, he was told by another church, by another pastor, you're a cattle prodder. You're a cattle prodder. He, he, he is a, a person who informs us, does the needs of the gospel, and encourages us to get involved. Kathy's going to be sharing about a special ministry called Global Fingerprint, Global Fingerprints that, that, that responds to the darkness of human trafficking. And because of the sensitivity of that information, especially if you guys out there on Facebook need to know this, that when it comes to her time, Kathy's time to share, we are unfortunately going to need to stop the live feed. Okay? This information is very sensitive because of specific names and places and things that will be referred to that they cannot be found out because those ministries will get shut down by that national government. Okay? So it's exciting to have Steve and Kathy come share here with us about God's work around the world. Steve? Tempted to say, I'm tempted to say that one reason he needs rest is because he's a day older. But, <laughs> but um, he's got a lot of years ahead. So blessings to you, brother Scott. Uh, Kathy and I are really glad to be here. We were here yesterday, and um, we were doing some training in the next room here. We had the pastor from Wyndham come, and he's the mission team person from his church. And then we had mission team from here and other people, and we had a really a good time with them. And then um, thank you, Pastor Scott, for letting Kathy and me share today. So because of what we're doing, I'm going to kind of share first, and then Kathy will kind of do the second portion of what we're going to do. So we're going to do a variety of different things. I hope you'll find it interesting. It's going to be informative. It's just going to be kind of, a, kind of a whole variety of things. So let me just pray. Lord, I thank you for the church here, uh, Grace Community. Thank you for what you're doing. Um, Lord, I pray this would be a good season for this church of rest. And I pray even now that you would open up our minds and hearts, Lord, to show us your heart and your love for the people of the world. And then, Lord, show us what you want us to do for your glory, for I pray in Jesus' name, amen. So the first slide here, I'm just going to kind of stand over here so I can kind of see what I'm doing. Uh, this is a picture of us, and I work with the North Central District, of which this church is a part of. And I want to just tell you that the North Central District is really generally the state of Minnesota. There's about 174 free churches in the state, of which you're one of, and uh, our team, there's a number of us, and some live in Minneapolis in the metro area. Some of us are scattered out. Kathy and I live in Fergus Falls, and we're just grateful for your prayers and partnership with us. And we're here to serve churches. I do the missions, and all the other staff do other different roles as well. So what's a mission mobilizer? It's kind of funny that you said that. Um, this one pastor had called me like a cattle prodder, but I found a scripture this last week that goes along with it in Ecclesiastes. And I'd never seen that before, but I'm not going to tell you what the reference is. But think of mission mobilizing. We understand what missions is, right? Think of the scriptures there, Matthew 28, where Jesus says, 
go therefore and make disciples of all the nations. And then he goes on in a couple of verses and tells his disciples what they should be doing. And then the other scripture verse here is Acts 1.8. And again, this is right before Jesus ascends to heaven. And he says, you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So it tells us here, even in the beginning of that verse, how do we do it? Well, we do it in the power of the Holy Spirit. What are we supposed to do? We're supposed to be a witness for Jesus. Notice he says, you shall be my witnesses. And then he tells us where we're supposed to go, beginning in our own community and ultimately to the ends of the earth. So mission mobilization, we want to inform people of what God is doing around the world, and that's part of what we're going to do today. And then we want you to be involved, one, by listening, but also how then, how then you, can you be involved? Well, you can be praying, maybe you can be uh, giving financially or giving other ways, or even ultimately be going as well. So that's kind of the mobilization part. And by the way, I don't use any shock treatments at all. And everything I do, it's all voluntarily, and you can receive it in love, okay? It's all because you said that. (laughs) Okay, so we serve the local church. We do mission training events. Actually, Kathy and I were here seven years ago, and we were helping your church kind of develop a mission policy. Uh, We serve local churches with a variety of different uh, mission opportunities and lead short-term trips. And then Kathy will tell you about some of her role after a bit. A crisis creates a mission field, and Reach Global has a ministry uh, called Crisis Response. And we're, there's a number of different places I'll be telling you kind of where they're involved in. Um, last year, in August and in September, two hurricanes hit Lake Charles, Louisiana. Lake Charles is about halfway between New Orleans and Houston. It's a city of about 70-some thousand people. The first hurricane those of you who are builders would appreciate understanding this. Imagine a hurricane of 150 mile hour winds coming through and doing damage to buildings. And then a number of weeks later, another hurricane came through, not as strong, but this dropped rain on already uh, buildings that were kind of in precarious positions. So there's a picture of, of some of what happened with some of these hurricanes. And then, remember that one week in February when it was very cold? Well, on that week, they had single-digit temperatures in Louisiana that they hadn't had for over 130 years. And they don't have insulated pipes, so pipes were breaking in homes. And then on May 17th of this year, they had uh, 12 inches of rain in about six hours. So then uh, the picture's right here, if you can see that or right around where the church is, so they were flooded again. So just like they get hit by all these different things, plus having to deal with COVID as well. So, so far this year, I've led two different crisis response teams to Lake Charles. Before I led teams down to Houston, there were a couple sites that were going in the Houston area. Those have closed down now, but that was Hurricane Harvey from 2017. The free church doesn't come in like the first or second week after a crisis because they want to come in and partner with a church. They might come in two or three months afterward, but then they'll stay maybe for three years and work. So it's a long-term kind of ministry that they have. This is a 
picture of the team in, in March that we had from Minnesota. What was so fun about this, some of these were young people from in their 20s and so forth. They were so excited to, to be there and to serve Jesus that way. Some opportunities that are going on right now, the, the Lake Charles is an ongoing need for a number of years, and I would encourage you if you want to go and be involved uh, I have some flyers on the back table you can just pick up about crisis response. They also have in the Carolinas from Hurricane Florence. And then the new site that just opened in uh, April was Paradise, California. Remember that city number of years ago where the fire destroyed that whole community? Well, picture this is the free church right here. The fire came, it went around the free church and the property and continued to go. It did not touch the free church or anything on that property at all. It's quite amazing. But that, just, that site just opened up in April, so they're looking for teams as well. Now after Hurricane Ida that just came a week ago, that went through New Orleans and up through the Northeast, I'm not sure how they're going to respond to that at this point yet, but pray for all these people who are just dealing with all of these kind of uh, struggles. Some things we can do, uh, we can pray, we're going to pray for crisis response, staff the churches for homeowners. Uh, we can give, and then we can send teams. High school kids can go. The youngest is like maybe 14. The oldest person I've ever had on a team was in his early 80s. Skilled and unskilled men and women are welcome to come. Some current responses right now that are available through crisis response. Hurricane Ida, you can give toward that. They had 140 mile hour winds with that. There was that earthquake in Haiti recently. You can give to that. They just started a site uh, on the Free Church site where you can give with Afghan refugees because some of them will be coming and will be opportunities to serve and um, give money to some of the churches as a minister. There's also some work in Beirut, Lebanon, and then the Lake Charles that I've mentioned in Paradise, California as well. So these are all sites that crisis response is involved in different ways. And also if you want to give financially, you can go on this link right here that it shows and you can give toward that. And I encourage you also just to pray for these things as people are dealing with a lot of difficult issues. Um, I really like this picture because a few years ago I was able to take a team to Havana, Cuba. Isn't that kind of an old cool car in a neat little old street? You go there and you've got all these cars that are there, all classics up to 1958 when the revolution took place. And they've got all these interesting cars. But God is working through a partner that the Free Church is involved with there called the New Pines Denomination. And they're um, very, I'm going to say they're really struggling this year because they don't have medicine or for dealing with COVID. There's not a lot of food. They have a lot of inflation. There's uh, not a lot of gasoline. It's just very difficult for people in that setting. But people really love Jesus there. And a lot of the, the pastors are dealing with COVID symptoms as well. So I'd encourage you when you think of Cuba to pray. But look what happened here back in 2016. Over 34,000 people, that's the last figures that I had, made professions of faith. Over 51,000 people were baptized in the country. 
And they started over 27,000 house and prayer cells in Cuba. Isn't that amazing? Jesus is working there, and he loves the Cuban people. And the Cuban believers very much, even though they're poor, they don't have a lot of resources, they would go out and pray and give resources and help other people. And people are saying, why are you doing this? Well, it's because we love Jesus. So pray for Cuba. I'm not even going to go over these because I can hardly read them myself. But just pray for Cuba, okay? Some ways to get involved, again, with different ministries through the Free Church. They have one-week high school opportunities with Apex next summer. If you're a college student, you can go and do a three-week or six-week opportunity next summer. If you're post-college, they have one-year and two-year kind of internships that you can get involved in. There's also 30 Days of Prayer for the Muslim World. That's the book you can use next spring when Ramadan comes where you can pray for Muslims. It's a wonderful resource. I'd encourage you also to consider praying for persecuted Christians. And then at the back there, we have a couple tables I have with just my mission focus.